The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to a came from the radio, the official the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. I have none other than L Man Jenny Felby. Good evening, good day. So, on this week's show, we have another Jay Burnley segment uh, from the Cradle Con. Uh, L Man Jenny Felby interviews an uh, entrepreneur, actor, voice guy, and all around really nice person, Brimstone. And also from the CradleCon, Jen interviews artist, animator, and author Christian Lewis. Oh, now I can't hear you at all. Uh, before we do that, hopefully I didn't uh, say anything. Oh, that's why I didn't hear you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> before we do that, it's all going, tracking. All right, we're gonna take it away with the news. It's morphin' time. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 26 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for December, all the way in December, uh, the Big Apple Christmas Con. I believe uh, they have uh, Jim Stranko, artist extraordinaire, as one of the headliners. More headliners to be announced, but tickets are on sale right now. And I want to give a shout Yeah, for Christmas. Yeah. It's, it's super hot right now, but outside, wow. like in Christmas time, they're getting ready for their convention. Wow. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday, Famous Drizzen Media, Orange Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. You want to have your own little shout-out on our show, go to www.camefreder.com. There's a button on there that takes you right to our Patreon page, and just for a dollar a month, you can get a shout-out on our show. We greatly appreciate it. So let's see. We'll start off with the sad news, as we always tend to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you seem very excited. I'm just about doing the sound news. effects this this show. I'm not even going to speak. Really? All right. This yeah, just all sound effects. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Actor, comedian, and writer uh, Jack Knight died recently of a self-inflicted gunshot. Um, Jack was perhaps best known for the role as Devon in the currently running animated series Netflix. Um, no, let me try it again. In the currently running animated Netflix series, Big Mouth, which uh, since uh, 2017. Uh, did you ever watch uh, Big Mouth there, Jen? I did watch Big Mouth. It was um, very interesting. There's a lot of conspiracy theories about it. Very interesting show. A little a little perverted for children. It's not for children. Definitely and he, this guy perverted. shot himself <laughs> in the head? Yeah, self-inflicted gunshot. He committed suicide, shot himself in the head, and he died. Yeah, so he was a uh, devon. Yeah. To to be to be politically incorrect, he was the black guy on the show. I'm gonna have to rewatch the show. I, I, uh, did he lose his job? No, he was what still was... working on the show. I don't know, don't know, but uh, yeah, wow. it's, it's crazy. So he was a young 28 years old. Wow, R.I.P. 28. Wow. Yeah. Um, more sad news. 
uh, actor Mickey Rooney Jr. also died recently in his sleep. Mickey was one of the original Mouseketeers in the Mickey Mouse Club, which aired in 1955. Our senior correspondent, Charles Haldeen, would know all about this. Um, of note, he was the eldest son of legendary actor Mickey Rooney, whom we also reported on his uh, passing away uh, many years back. Uh, he was 77 years old. I, I'm, I I'm sure you so. never uh, watched the uh, Mickey Mouse Club, especially the old ones, right? Um, I don't think I did ever watch Mickey Mouse Club. No, I thought it was for kids. It was, and it was for for kids beyond your generation. Therefore, it was the for the older generation when you were a kid. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't want to be part of any club, and I don't want to. If I if I am going to be part of a club, it ain't showing. It's going to be all oh, going to be going to be led by Mickey Mouse. Oh, sorry, <laughs> FCC. <laughs> I'd be what kind of a club you in? Oh, is a Mickey? Looks like a Mickey Mouse sitting around. No, I'm not. I've never watched a Mickey Mouse club, and nor do I want to be a part of it. So Mickey he, Mouse, he got Mickey 70. Mouse over here. It's terrible. He was seventy-seven. <laughs> um, even more sorry sad. For the news. Curse. Uh, the editor will take care of that. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, even more sad news. Um, actor. Uh, Larry Storch also died recently, uh, and no, as of this recording, which is the July 20th, 2022, no cause of death has been announced. While appearing in such films as uh, Gun Fever, The Last Blitzkrieg, 40 Pounds of Trouble, Sex and a Single Girl, The Great Race, The Funny Feeling, The Great Bank Robbery, uh, Journey Back to Oz, Airport 1975, The Happy Hooker Goes to Washington, Fake Out, I Don't Buy Kisses Anymore, and The Aristocrats, just to name a few. His most famous role was perhaps that of Corporal Aegon on the sitcom F Troop, which ran from 1965 to 1967 on ABC. Um, of note, for you Ghostbuster fans out there, Larry was the original Ghostbusters Ghostbuster in a 1975 live action series, which led to the creation of the filmation animated sequel series of the same name, which the character was the father of Eddie Spencer. Um, I actually have seen, uh, well, I had seen Larry at uh, many conventions. Um, I've seen a correspondent, Charlie Saladino, actually took pictures with him and, and talked with him. He wouldn't give us an interview because uh, at the time he was of, of, of up that age. Um, but he was of the, uh, of the age you don't give interviews. Yeah, because um, the the handler was like, you know, he's he's really not able oh, to give oh, really good sad. interviews at this age. Oh, but oh. Charlie had a great time uh, speaking when he told me he's like I met him. It was a great guy, and I personally, Off the record. yeah, and I personally remember how happy I was when he appeared on my one of my favorite shows, Married Children. As uh, mm. Kelly, which was the daughter's acting coach, running the Larry Storch School of Acting, so I thought that was uh, funny. I always like seeing old old school guys getting work, and uh, I saw him. I was like, "Hey, it's Larry Storch. I know him from F Troop. I was a big fan of the show." I'm I'm guessing you were not a fan of F Troop, and do you remember him um, being on a Mary little Coach? bit? No, really? I don't. I don't remember, but I do like the title of the movie he was in. I don't buy kisses anymore. You know, <laughs> one day when I went to this Mickey Mouse Club in Staten Island. This sweetheart, what came up to me, I was like, you know what, sweetheart? I don't buy kisses anymore. It's a great name for a movie. Is that why you were making kissing sounds? <laughs> no, uh, I just naturally felt like making kissing sounds. Ah, <laughs> that, so, that, was uh, a, that was a synchronicity. Ah, so he was 99, which is the same age as Betty White was, which kind of makes me think, hey, no one really made a big stink about him passing away as much as they did with uh, Betty White. Kind of kind of mm -hmm. bums me out a little bit. Well, Betty White, you know, I mean, she's more known, that's all. Well, they were both in acting for the same amount of time, I would think. And he would have gotten a little more. 
of that. Mm, but mm. moving on to the last bit of sad news. Actor and director L.Q. Jones also died recently of natural causes. In his almost 50-year career, L.Q. appeared in such films and shows as, here we go, Target Zero, Between Heaven and Hell, Men in War, Buchanan Rides Alone, Hound Dog Man, The Gambler, The Nun, and The Radio, Flaming, Flaming Star, Ride the High County, Iron Angel, Camp Apache Rifles, Major Dundee, Nevada Smith, Hang on High, The Wild Bunch, The Hunting Party, 43, The Richard Petty Story, Mr. Sun, Mrs. Sundance, A Boy and His Dog, White Line Fever, Flea Fever, Ooh. Mother, Jugs and Speed, uh, The Beast Within, Time Rider, The Adventure of Lyle Swan, The Lone Wolf Play, Bulletproof, Legend of Grizzly Adams, Casino, Tornado, mm-hmm. The Patriot, The Mask of Zorro, Route 666, wow. The Virginian, The Yellow Rose, and Renegade, just to name a few. He was in a slew and tons of movies, mostly Westerns back in the day. Once again, I've seen a correspondent talk, so I didn't want to have something to say about this. And it's sad that he was in, unable to make it to this show. Uh, he was 94 years old. Wow, Mark, you wasn't kidding. This guy uh, wasn't Mickey Mouse around. He was out shooting movies. Terrible. So I'm gonna we're gonna move oh, on to the night. That and he wasn't making mouse and he was busy. <laughs> accomplished a lot. We're moving on to the not a sad news. <laughs> From the That's a lot of nuts department. The new Thor sequel has held on to the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in an additional $46 million in ticket sales in its second week of release. For those of you keeping track, the new Top Gun sequel is still the highest-grossing film of 2022 this year, with $620 million, followed by the Doctor Strange sequel with $411 million. The aforementioned Thor has moved up two spaces and is now at number six of the highest-grossing film of this year. Um, I actually got to see Thor uh, the other day, and I thought it was enjoyable. I can see why people are making complaints about it, but it still is not going to be anywhere near the amount of money that uh, Top Gun has pulled in. I have still yet to see Top Gun. Mm. Uh, have you seen, managed to see that yet, no. Jen? No, no. Should I? I don't know. Well, did you see the original? I did not. I well, know. I you definitely don't need to see Did you see the see original? It. I did, yeah. Back in the old days. I, I saw it in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I like Val Kilmer. I always thought he was really cool. So. It was entertaining back then, uh, mm. from what I remember. I saw it in the theaters as, mm-hmm. as a youngin, and I hear nothing but good praise about this movie. And I yeah. and I hear that he uh, that they did give uh, Val Kilmer some uh, his character justice, uh, working around whatever limitations he has as an actor because he has some health issues right, right now. Yeah. So I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see it, and I probably will see it when I have the ability to see it. I don't really feel comfortable going back to the movie theaters, and I'm probably not going to feel comfortable until Zoolander 3 comes out, and then I'll feel comfortable. <laughs> You're still pushing for that. Still yeah, pushing I think for, Zoolander right. 3 needs that's, to come out. That's the yeah. bar. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Until <laughs> then, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> so moving on. From the shameless self-promotion department. None shameless. other... Yeah, shameless. None other than creator and host of this very radio show you're listening to right now what? has, after 30 years, managed to finally make his jump into the crowdfunding world. Designated a five-part series that tells the story of two warring alien races and the teens that are caught in the middle is currently on Kickstarter. Mark says, with, at the time of this recording, 163 days to go before a life-changing event, it would be greatly appreciated if you check out my book. It has been 30 years in the making. If for whatever reason you're unable to financially support this project, share it on your social media platforms. Maybe someone who you might know who isn't aware of the book might be able to make it help become a reality. 
The campaign ends on August 30th, so be sure to get your copy today. Wow, this Mark guy sounds really serious. He ain't Mickey Mouse around. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> It's terrible. All right, so moving on. I'm just gonna say this every show now. That's gonna be your catchphrase. All right. That's it. You ain't making a mouse it around, huh? Oh, you ain't making a mouse it around. Oh, we gotta be doing it. So moving on. From the Dwarfatons. department. None other than the Guinness Book of World Records has named Michael Nielsen, N-I-L-S-E-N Nielsen, as the official record holder of the largest collection of Power Ranger memorabilia in the world, consisting of 9,364 items. Michael says, whatever you can think of, I probably have it. It was like the coolest show I had ever seen. Like anything you want to do, as long as you do it well and to the best of your abilities, you can accomplish anything. For those who are curious, Michael started his collection when he was 10 years old when the original series came out in 1993, which makes him 39 years old uh, now. One of the most expensive pieces in Michael's collection is a special collection, a soul of the Chojin, which is the brand's name, Megazord in black and green which can cost upwards of $400. And his top two favorite pieces are the original Green Ranger's Dragon Zord and the Red Dragon Thunder Zord. Now, my question is, how... Why? You got why? <laughs> Your question is how. My question is why. Why I'm, is this happening? I'm, I'm wondering, how does this work? Like, do Guinness look for these things? Like, is there like a list? Like, who was right. the... Pre- what record... Who was the previous owner, the record holder of this? Right. And like, oh, I got to beat that guy, so I got to buy more stuff. Uh-huh. And now, now, granted, it's cool that he likes Power Rangers. I'm a Power Ranger fan. I probably have no Power Rangers memorabilia, but the fact that he enjoys it and he's able to spend his money on it is fine. Great. Maybe by him. he doesn't enjoy it. Maybe someone put a spell <laughs> on him a long time ago. It was like, ha ha ha. In 2022, <laughs> you are going to have a compulsive habit of buying Power Rangers. And you will hold the world record. And you will go bankrupt. All your money on the Power Rangers. Maybe he doesn't like it. Is Maybe he had a hex put on him. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I I don't know how to say this in a nice way. So I'm trying, uh, I'm trying my best. But is that uh, a world record you want? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, you set out one day, I'm going to be a world record holder. <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to run. You're going to, you know, you're going to help the poor. You're going to save the right. world. No, I'm going to have the most Power Ranger stuff. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just, it's mind boggling to me. It is mind boggling to me <sighs> too. I mean, I mean, any collection for the most part, I have a toothpaste collection, but you need toothpaste. You know, I'm going to use it one day. Okay, so now are you going to contact the Guinness Book of World Records for the biggest toothpaste collection? Oh, no, because I'm not really up there. I'm sure there's lots of people that beat me for sure. And maybe there won't. But See, that's know, the thing. That, we that should we so should bad. find out. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should get my own, like, floss and toothpaste collection. Huh. You know what? If anyone knows about this, let me know. Because maybe I'll try to go for the biggest toothpaste collection in the Guinness Book. That's actually... Yeah, good idea. You put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. That's the goal right there. (laughs) Exactly. 
Ugh, all right. In his book of world records, has probably detoured so many people away from doing things <laughs> that are purposeful. I mean, it's probably thousands of people that have just done these ridiculous things that had they channeled all that energy to something useful, maybe the world would be a better place in Coney Island when it looked like a, a freaking garbage bin. Yeah. <laughs> now now we've already alienated the the people from vermont now we're alienating the, the people from coney island we're trying to get more listeners oh, not so alienate the people from coney island, just the place well, the people island are cool so no coney island we're not alienated. i'm actually doing a psa for the people who live at coney island that you know what people of coney island need your help everyone pitch in do a trash collection once a week it'll take care of it listen if everyone pitched in trash collection once a week that's it. Coney Island is and beautiful once again. <laughs> Moving on. Welcome <laughs> to PSA. Uh, Not a win. They want you to be mad at me. They should be thanking me. Okay. Moving on. I'm advocating. From, I'm an advocate. I'm an advocate. <laughs> from the, well, maybe it's kind of fake follow-up department. Um, as mentioned in an earlier show, None other than wrestling legend Ric Flair will compete in his final Woo! match on July 31st in Nashville, Tennessee. Originally, it was announced as a six-way tag match, but now it is official, and Rick will be in a tag team match alongside his son-in-law, Andre El Diallo, uh, in a match against WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett and ROH and AEW's Jay Lethal. Rick says... Um, it has to be really good. It has to be better than anything I did after Shawn Michaels. It's not about the money. It's all about reestablishing the fact that I have my self-confidence, and it's never been higher. Back then, at the time, I was, hell, I was still having self-confidence issues, and I was paying out for my divorces <laughs> to three people, and I had to go to work. Now I don't have to do anything. So I think it's going to be kind of cool. I'm interested. I would like to, to find out. I'm, I, I think I want to see him win. But I think as long as he puts on a good performance, makes everybody I happy. I doubt he will see him win. You doubt he'll win? everyone's supposed to lose their last WWE? That was WWE Dominic. Match, everyone's supposed to lose? That's what Dominic said? I never said. heard that. I mean, that's interesting. So uh-huh. I guess that's what Dominic said. So I guess we're going to find out. But he knows a lot. I, I'm going to trust his point of view. Well, uh, out of the three of us, I would think he would be more of a wrestling fan than I am, at very least. I mean, I know some wrestlers, and we have uh, some friends. Well, why would you have to lose on your last one? Why is that? Because like, you're you're, that pass, you're passing the torch. You know, you're saying, okay, yes. you know, my time is done. The next guy, mm. he he he's the better man. Because if you're if you're the old guy, and a new mm. guy comes in and you beat the new guy, then where does that leave the new guy go? Mm. All right. Okay, I get it. Right. And yeah. and the way the performances can be made is that if you put on a good show, even if you lose, you both still come out being on top. Yeah, we should probably end on a high note, like nine eleven. You know, like that one out. It's like you can't peak it. I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not touching that one. We keep on moving on. Uh oh, now we're losing you. You're you're totally breaking up right now. And maybe God is intercepting. Maybe right. God is intercepting. Ah, okay, you're, you're back. All right, yeah, so, so maybe see. God, maybe God is intercepting. That's why. <laughs> it's kind of funny how you say it, and then it uh, you change that. Yeah, I did, I did say it. I did say it. And whatever powers that be, bleep me out. All right, They're so like, let's nah, see. She's out. So moving on Ooh, from yeah. the. 
Shortly after the release of the new Beavis and Butthead movie, none other than Paramount has announced a new Beavis and Butthead series set to premiere on August the 4th. For those of you who don't know, remember, or care, Beavis and Butthead were created and voiced by Mike Judge in 1992 and described as two teenage slackers who share an extreme libido and complete inability to attract women. The series ran for 200 episodes across seven seasons on MTV and spawned two movies, Beavis and Butthead Do America in 1996 and the aforementioned sequel, Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. Uh, Mike Judge will return to the new series to voice the characters as well as executive producer series. Um, I was not a Beavis and Butthead fan back in the day. I knew they existed. I actually did see the movie because I used to work at Blockless Video at the time. So I, wa- I rented a movie, wanted to see it, was curious. And um, I, I really liked the, uh, the Red Hot Chili Pepper song that they did. And so I wanted I to see that as well. That. And um, then I saw the new one because I was curious, like, what were they going to do? And what they did in the new movie mm-hmm. is that they went through a time warp. So that explained where they've been all these years and how they um, able to maintain their, their same uh, image. They look exactly the same because they're the same people from 1996, got teleported into the wow, future okay. to 2022. Just, huh. And now they're going to go back to doing what they were doing back then. So it's an interesting way to to keep it rebooted and keep it a sequel at the mm-hmm. same time. So you get the new people and then you get exactly what they did back in the old days. I'd be interested to see that. I, I think it's interesting. They're described as two boys with extreme libido. Like, two teenage slackers. With the, teenage with extreme, slackers. Yes, extreme libido. Because they always want to. Well, I mean, that's how, spoilers, that's how they wanted going into the future because they wanted to score with women. <laughs> I know they want to score, but I always saw them as just weaklings. Like, like they don't work out. They probably eat garbage. Like, I feel like their libido would be like low. No, based on all the information I know, as their uh, self-proclaimed doctor, <laughs> I bet they have some ED. And but they, but they want, but they always, they always want to score. Therefore, the libido must be high. Well, I bet they can't perform once they score. They don't look <laughs> like they can. I'll just tell you that. Even some butthead clearly. I mean, they don't even look like they go for a walk around the block. They look like they watch television all day. They look so unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, they want to score, but trust me, they can't. They okay. can't. So that's the official. On. That's the official word. <laughs> moving on. Uh, let's see. Um, let's do. Oh, let's do this one. Uh, from the, it sounds like a lot department. None other than Netflix has announced its subscriber numbers for the second quarter of this year, and they have lost, in a three-month period, 970,000 subscribers. 970,000 in three months? Yeah. What's interesting is that this is considered good news, as they had projected a loss of 2 million subscribers in April after losing 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter. Uh, mostly no. due to no longer streaming in Russia in response to the still ongoing war in Ukraine. So basically, oh yeah, right, we're still they, at war. I forgot about they, that. Yeah, they lost. <laughs> they lost um, seven hundred thousand uh, uh, subscribers, awesome. but they gained uh, oh, no. two hundred. So it was a net 
lost uh, uh no they gained 500 and they lost 700,000 so they uh lost a 200 and then they were like oh we're going to lose 2 million based on our uh our projections and they didn't lose oh. 2 million they only lost hmm. almost 1 million so the loss wow. is actually better because it wasn't as bad as they thought it was yeah wow and, and we were just talking about the subscriber uh, re- retention and how Netflix and how Stranger Things was the highest watched show of all time in the U.S. So it makes mm-hmm. me wonder if it's a high watch show, where mm-hmm. all these people are watching it if they're losing nine hundred and seventy thousand subscribers. Mm. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't I don't I don't have answers for the algorithm on Netflix. I I don't have any intel on this. I truly don't. Okay. I don't. But I I do know that on Amazon there's a dating show, the one that got away and. I think that's what people are probably all watching. All hundred ninety-seven thousand, nine hundred seventy thousand, nine hundred seventy thousand. Yes, are probably watching the one that got away on Amazon instead, and they're like, "We don't need you, Netflix. It's pretty catchy." It's catchy. So is is that is that something that's that's going to be on your best at the end of the year? You know what? Maybe it will. I got to <laughs> tell you, it's really brought me a lot of joy. I've eaten a lot of delicious, healthy food on my couch in candlelight while watching it. I gotta say, it's, it's really lightened up my life. And I even was talking about it today, so maybe it will. Okay, maybe so it will. finally, final bit of news. Let's see, we we should have enough to squeeze Final bit. Yes, um, from the. <laughs> Six Flags Magic Mountain in Valencia, California is set to debut its record-breaking Wonder Woman Flight of Courage in July. Executives say riders on Flight of Courage will be treated to an immersive experience upon stepping into the ride's queue, as was, quote, influenced by Greek architecture, unquote. Once on a ride, guests can expect to steep climbs and intense 87-degree drop and three inversions while reaching speed up to 58 miles an hour on the coaster's 3,300-foot track. The coaster will propel riders as high as 131 feet in the air, but also launch Magic Mountain into uncharted territory. The Flight of Courage will be the tallest and longest single-rail coaster on the planet upon its debut. What's interesting is that oh this will God. make uh, Magic Mountain's 20th roller coaster, which is also the most roller coasters in any single theme park in the world. And uh, Wonder Woman uh, Flight of Courage comes one month after Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey debuted its Jersey Devil Coaster, which was also billed as the longest, tallest single rail coaster in the world. But Wonder Woman is one foot taller and has 300 more feet of track. Not necessary. <laughs> why is why is everything just getting scarier? Like you, the rides are, are getting scarier, the marijuana's getting stronger, like the streets <laughs> are getting more dangerous. Like this is why? Why? <laughs> are you not a uh a roller coaster fan? No, I just came from Coney Island. Just looking at the rides <laughs> gave me anxiety. I'm like, I don't know if I'd rather get robbed. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's I'm glad we're out of time because I I could take the bait, but we're out of time. So yeah, <laughs> you could take the bait. Final thoughts are, you know what, Uh, if you have peace in your heart, in your soul, enjoy it and give me some. I want it. (laughs) I want it. 
<laughs> With that, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Yeah, help me. <laughs> help me. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about... Don't look up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it blinked my mind. <laughs> like, I lost my mind. I mean, no. I. <laughs> you did something. No, that's good. I think you're really, like, <laughs> off the wall at the moment. That's great. Okay. Do you remember who's in Don't Look Up? Yes. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Timothy Chalamet. Uh, Ariana Grande. And... Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, Jonah Hill's in it too. Yes, exactly. That's so so funny that you pick like Ariana Grande and Timothy. What Chalamet? Chalamet. Well, that's because they're just like they're part of your generation. I mean, I don't really care that they were in it, but they were just part of it. uh, Yeah. Yes, and Tyler Perry was in it, and I forgot um, uh, who the other person was, but yeah. Anyway, that's a big cast, (laughs) right? So tell me, what do you remember what it's about? Yes, yeah, so it's basically about a meteor or just comet that's going to hit Earth, and it's basically deadly. And they go to tell the... Uh, the president? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Meryl Streep, I believe that's who it was, yes. <laughs> the president, and they basically do nothing about it until... Until the planet... Yeah, gets... until it's everyone dies. Until it's too late, yes. Mm-hmm. So we just spoiled the whole movie for you in case you haven't seen it, but that's okay <laughs> because, you know, oh well, it's it been out a while, right? It's been <laughs> out a while now. And I, from what I understand, people just like, I don't know, spoiler everything oh, yeah. before, like the day of, right? Like after it comes yeah, out? Yeah, like after it comes out, people are just like, oh my god, this happened in this show at this time at this... It's right, just like, so, oh my god, okay. There's no, I don't know, I'm so upset with that whole mentality because there used to be like an unwritten code of like give people like a couple of months to like, you know, get into it or a month or two, you know, to kind yeah. of like get a chance to see it versus mm-hmm. like I need to be the first one to see it, you know? Yeah, or at least asking like, hey, did you see it? And they're like either yes or no and then you spoil if you have, or then you talk about it if you have seen it or... Right, don't spoil it at all, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I, that's so funny. All right, so like... So it's on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what? It's a Leonardo DiCaprio, another Leo movie. Yeah. How do you look at, like this one comparatively? It was good, but it's not my favorite. I mean, it shows something about society, but... Well, it is a, it's, it's a commentary on society because here's a serious situation and they turned it into a political... Um, you know, debate on like, oh, is the earth really going to come to the end? Or, you know, is your science the real science? That kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. which has been kind of like the tone of everything the last, I don't know, (laughs) five years or six years or so. And making like things that are uh, of minor conveniences, like a breakup, more important than death of everyone. <laughs> right, exactly. But you know, hey, it's it's a good um, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on in it. I thought Jonah Hill was 
hilarious in this film. He what? He was great. And I do not like watching his movies. Really. Okay, <laughs> he is one of those guys that usually I don't like watching. Although there have been a couple of good roles that he's done. You know, Moneyball, yeah. right? To oh, me, that, that was great. Was one of his best, and this one happened to be just really funny. And he this really one, funny. he was he was really funny in it. Yeah. I didn't like Leonardo DiCaprio's character, but I think Uh-oh. that's but that's how they portrayed him. So. Yeah, because he was full of anxiety, and he yeah. knew the imminent death that was coming. Right. Yeah. So, like, when you're in that situation, knowing the situ- knowing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, he played it out pretty well, you know, for the most part. And I'm sure it was some optimism of hoping that it wasn't, he wasn't right, right? Yeah. It amazed me, though, how they, like, when they got there, they said, they were like, there's a 100% chance it's going to hit Earth. And they go, is it actually 100%? And they go, no, it's 99.78. And they go, just call it 70. And I'm like, (laughs) 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 it's nowhere near 70 at all. What do you think of Jennifer Lawrence in that? She was good. Yeah, she, she was, was good in too. it. Like, I, she played her character really well. Yeah, I think it was great. I think they did a good job with this film. He's done. Um, Adam McKay is the one who directed it, which I didn't know until after this was kind of like done. And he did yeah. some other movie, The Big Short, which you should probably watch, which was a great film. So, anyway, uh, recommended. Yes. All right. Cool. <laughs> stay safe. Stay healthy. And stay connected. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hello, Radioheads. I'm L-Man here with Brimstone. Last time I saw this guy, I think, was at Grindhouse Radio? Yeah, yeah, the Grindhouse Radio. And finally, Brimstone is back. It came from the radio. Yes. It's been so long, and finally we're here at CradleCon. Absolutely amazing day. You having a good time? Yeah. It's, it's nice and quiet now because we're finally winding down, and it's a beautiful thing. But yeah, the last time we saw each other was right in my studio, right before the pandemic. Yeah. So it's been like almost three years. I think that was my first official show or second show hosting this. <laughs> and now I'm doing like the majority of the interviews. Look how times have changed. Shame on you, Mark. You're slipping. <laughs> You're slipping, Mark. And you started out on Sesame Street? You were an actor on Sesame Street? Yeah, so I started um, at about five years old, six years old, on Sesame Street and Romper Room. I did a bunch of commercials when I was a child, so I did child acting stuff. And then, uh, what do you call it, toured the world of music, toured the world of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, those of you who don't know me, I'm an actor, an author, comic book character, animated character, kids book character, voiceover person, you name it, and I do it. And, And a foodie. I do food stuff, so I have a new series coming out as well. You have a new, you did a new voiceover, something with new voiceover. Yeah. I pay attention. Yes, yes, yes. What was it? I don't know. I have dementia. I have a couple of different things going on. So animated wise, I have the Brush Brigade, uh, the Brush Brigade I'm doing, uh, the character Beazle, which is a really cool character. He's a little, little toothpaste guy. And he's like, wow, 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 wow. You know, like one of those things. Yeah, he's a little toothpaste guy. And and he just like flies around. It's something cute and innocent for kids. I try to get people to floss every show. It's like a tagline. Floss to make yourself good, smell nice, unlike 
me right cool. now after the whole day. Um, but <laughs> so, yeah, so Brush Brigade is going to be really cool. Uh, for this summer, I know that the demo should be dropping for um, Serial Killers, which I play Terror T, which is like Tony the Tiger, huh. uh, for this character grouping of all these cereal icons. Okay. You know, the cereal, you Not know, the like... the cereal you eat, but the cereal... Yeah. The cereal you eat? Yes, the cereal you eat. Oh, like, oh. like Tony the Tiger? Yes, And okay. the Rice Krispie characters <laughs> and all that. So they take all those characters and they've made them into fighters like Street Fighter. And that's the that's the game. So basically, I'm doing Terror T, which is the Tony the Tiger right. of this game. And then you'll make sure that everyone brushes their teeth after engaging yeah, with and the sugary syrup. There we go. There we go. And then I've got um, another one popping uh, for this summer. It's for uh, Whistling Wizard is the uh, the developers I'm doing. It's the character Wrath, uh, which is going to be a really, really cool game. This is like a Western... Um, utopia type of a deal like an underworld western thing and it's called Rosen Locket so like, absolutely beautiful so like what's going on in Los Angeles right now it's like a western utopia kind of <laughs> just like that right kind of just like that there's a lot going on out there we're not going to talk about those things though. but um, yeah so there's a lot of things popping um, you show your muscle oh yeah your yeah. muscle mini action figure so we got little brimstones here so we've got two different kinds. We've got the wrestling it's version cool. and the uh, radio version. Pretty cool. So that's uh, a lot of fun. Went a little old school, a little vintage. Um, you know, you got to go way back to move forward. So here we are. Everything old is new again. So we decided to do the muscle figures for the Grindhouse Radio. These. I think a whole war. You, you can get, fight like, each other. 20 of these or 20 of these. You get some ketchup. There you go. I would do Did it. Did you say some ketchup? Yeah, you think, yeah my uncle the did blood. that with action figures. It looks very <laughs> cool. Like, you get them all fight each other. Put some dental floss on top, make them move and jump and fly. Yeah. I'm telling you, if I had access to about 10 you of can these, I'd do a whole uh, animated series for you. A couple rubber bands, could toss them real far and stuff like that. And then I got the book, uh, if you guys haven't seen it, Brim Brimisms by me, Brimstone. It is a uh, small book of inspirational, motivational quotes. So Did if you follow me on social media, you've probably heard some of these before. Here it is. The climb may be tough, but the view from the top is priceless. This is the stuff that you need to hear every so often. Here, let's get another one. In spite of how bad things may be, choose to believe that this is not the way your story will end. Work mm. diligently. Take risks. The seeds you sow will eventually bear fruit. Take so, risks. There's a bunch of different things in here. What do you call it? The uh, forward is by Charles Martinet, who is the voice of Mario and Luigi from all the Nintendo now, games. What helps you to take risks? I'm not a big risk taker. I'm probably one of the least risk takers you I have know. to take risks. I'm afraid I like a sure yeah. thing, like swingers. So what are some things you can tell me uh, and maybe the audience that help you or can help other people to take risks? It seems like it's not it's not a thing for you. You just do it naturally. I just do it naturally. Yeah. It, there's no, no risk. First of all, it's no risk, no reward. You need to mm. be out there. You need to be putting yourself out there constantly, consistently. And and mm. it's, it's, it's always the next best thing uh, or the next natural thing you know okay. what i'm saying like for me everything that i've done every risk that i've taken is always something that kind of branches off from what i'm already doing so when right. i got out of pro wrestling all right right i said i don't want to lose my character and lose my brand mm -hmm. brimstone brand mm -hmm. meant too much to me so what i decided to do is what are pro wrestlers pro wrestlers are like Comedians. giant well, they and are combined. <laughs> yes that's why i like it but if you look sorry, at them Possibly. We have a question. Yes, children of Speria. Yes, we did. We did. We did. We did. We did. We got fans. Wait, give me one second. We got fans. Yeah. Um, Don't come back. We'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's okay. We got fans. 
So, what do you call it? So basically, um, oh my God. No risk, no reward. No risk, no reward. And everything you've done is like an offshoot of something else. Thank you. Just seeing here. So the pro wrestling thing, everybody considers us big superheroes, comic book characters, Mm -hmm. big guys throwing each other around the ring, Mm -hmm. ladies throwing each other around Mm -hmm. the ring and so forth. And at the end of the day, I said, well, why not take the character out of the ring and put it into the comic book? See? Next uh, natural progression. Okay. The comic book. What comes next after the comic book? Well, toys, right. animation, right. Um, you name it, kids' yes. books. Yes. So that all came from that. Yes. Then from there, well, I'm on the road again. I'm touring. I'm going mm-hmm. to meet people and see. And music? You did music? Too. I did music, but that was before everything. Ah, okay. So, and, and the next natural progression with music was not necessarily the music in general, but doing um what do you call it i learned how to get uh get involved with lots of different endorsements okay. and sponsors and bookings and so forth so i've learned a lot from everything that i've I done over the years i just recorded my first song in spanish a spanish nice. song I, recorded another one. I don't even speak spanish but <laughs> i know it's so weird everything i do is really weird really like the risk-taking thing i'm glad you said that because everything i've ever done it's like i did something random yeah. and then that led to something else that maybe led Always. to a two or ten year job Yep. So you know what, if you don't want to do something or you get nervous or scared of everything like me, then just do something because you never know what it'll lead to. Absolutely. And my final question for you is, okay, um, okay well, here, I'm asking for advice tonight. I'm doing stand-up tonight at okay. a party, which okay. you're welcome. Right, I don't breathe. breathe. So yeah, so what are some things to help me get over this crippling stage fright where my tongue goes numb and my fingers go numb just thinking about it? First and <laughs> foremost, I want to tell you and I'll let everybody else out there know. It's okay to get those butterflies in your stomach. It's normal. And the reason why that happens is because you actually care about what you're about to go and do. You love love the ability to go out there and do what you want to do Mm -hmm. and what you love to do. So it's normal to be nervous because you want to do the best you possibly can. Mm -hmm. So the best way to to stop that crippling fear is to, one, to stop, breathe, talk to yourself, Mm -hmm. talk yourself up and say, hey. I'm a boss. Right. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to slay. And then you take it, put your pants on. Right. Tie that belt up. You're not wearing a belt and, you know, <laughs> whatever you got to do. But your pants and you walk out there and you do your thing. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's it's normal to feel that way before anything. It just means that you care about what you do. And, um, you know... The, you, I don't think, have that crippling fear. I do. Do you? When you're on stage, are you scared? It's been so bad in the last two months. I've actually thought of just quitting. Really? Too. Never quit. Never quit. <laughs> quitting like everything. Probably, no, you except can't. Except behind a camera. You can't. First and foremost, you got to believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe mm-hmm. in you. You go out there and you're believing in yourself. And you go out and you do your thing. Everybody out there is going to know that you're doing your thing you, and they're going to respect that. You know that. the funny thing? Oh, the final, I'll leave this at the final thought. Before yeah. the final thought. Uh, I jokingly said maybe two months ago, I, you know, I don't feel comfortable. I like hiding behind a camera because, you know, people can touch you in the crowd. And, and you know, n- not that I'm afraid of anyone attacking me, but, you know, I don't like that people can touch me. And then right after, I think the next day or within the week, the Dave Chappelle that thing. was the um, uh, Will Smith. The Will Smith And thing. then the Chappelle. And I was like, I was just joking about being afraid of being touched. And now this is actually happening. It's a real concern. Yeah. I heard that Jamie Foxx helped beat up uh, the perpetrator for Dave Chappelle. Oh, did he? I think it was Jamie Foxx and one other person. But 
Anyway, we'll keep this about you, Brimstone. That's crazy. Super talented. Thank multifaceted you. Multifaceted man. Um, I'm sure you're going to do uh, a lot more things um, during your lifetime. I try. You might just be getting started. I try. I try. We got the Grindhouse Radio. If you want to check us out every single Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard mm-hmm. Time, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It's a great studio. Uh, yes, thank you. I miss you guys at the studio. Yeah, I would love to guys. come back and record there. <laughs> Mark. Get with it. Mark. Uh, what do you call it? Then you also want to... <laughs> it's okay. That's the twice. That's twice. What do you call it? Um, we're on a roll. Uh, so we... <laughs> I also did the Dirty Little Secrets Club. Uh, what do you call it? With uh, my co-host, Dana Pereira. That okay. one I get to be a little R-rated and, oh, and not as G-rated I as that. I have I to be. Check that, one out. that one's a lot of fun. And uh, what do you call it? I've also got a new show called Food Hounds Home Edition, which is a foodie series that I'm doing with my son for a streaming service. So we're in the process yes. of doing all that stuff now. So Very hopefully you guys cool. will check it out. Thank you, Brimstone. And now back to more. It came from the radio. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. Hi, Radioheads. This is El Man with Christian Alawash. Now, he teaches. He, he's someone you could go to if you want to learn how to make your own comic books, how to sell them, how to illustrate them, maybe how to write them. He knows a lot. Now, what makes you... What I always wonder... Well, first of all, hi. Hello. Hi. Thanks for coming on the radio. Thanks for having me. It's enjoyable. <laughs> maybe. We'll, we'll see at the end. Um, maybe, we'll, we'll, we'll see at the end. Now, I, a lot of times I, I see someone teaching and I'm like... What makes them wake up in the morning and think, you know what? Everyone needs to know what's in my head. Now, what makes you credible to teach all this? And things I can stand to learn. Yeah. Maybe you could teach me interviewing. <laughs> well, I've been doing this for 20 years. So, yeah, I started out in Canada right. as a freelancer. I have a, an animation background and a creative writing uh, background as well in university. And then I decided to be a, like, quote unquote, artist. I thought, like, that's what I want on my tombstone. So so I started doing, like, uh, cafe shows and, like, um, and and then I had a small press. That was my first business. Mm -hmm. And I published books of all kinds, mostly art books. And and then I turned to teaching. And that was kind of, like, as a freelancer, that was kind of, like, my first way to communicate my struggle, you know? And all the things that were a part of being an artist and being a freelancer. So, you know, that's where my passion stems from. The fact that I chose, like, this unconventional career to work in. And teaching is a way for me to communicate with other people that are hopefully going through the same thing. Or want, want to take that leap and do what I do which is make a living and follow your dreams now, do you ever come across some comic book artists and you're just like stop this is not for you or you think in your head or do you say it to them like or, or, or does that never happen you're like this is just not the right field for you like your writing stinks your drawing stinks your business sense is gone just 
just get out. Has that ever happened? Well, to be perfectly honest, yeah. um, I have had some private students that I've tried to mentor and motivate through their projects. Right. And some of them don't have it. And what what's holding them back is not the fact that they're not talented, is that they're they're not spending the right amount of time okay. focused on that. They 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 kind of do it like w- with with a turned body, you know, okay. like they're doing it on the side. Like and the your thing, face in this whole interview, <laughs> we're getting the side. Well, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just I'm just busting your chops. <laughs> no. Well, you're more attractive than the camera. Oh, well, thank you. I don't know. I think the Samsung is quite beautiful. Oh, okay. Oh, you want me to look at the camera? <laughs> you can look wherever you want. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking time. to you. I'm talking to people. I like natural. And this is okay. good. Yeah, this is good. So, so, uh, so they don't put in the time, or they're yeah, doing so it like a they don't half in, half yeah, out. Yeah, like they how don't. I do a lot of things. <laughs> Right, so it's just a, it's not a matter of like, like if you truly believe that you can make a living at it, right. but at least when you're, uh, when you're doing like drawing or writing for comics or even doing a painting, you have to be hyper focused and do nothing else during that time, and you have to like even if it's half an hour a day. But you do nothing else but that. You don't have your okay. phone on. You don't right. have it within view. You have to like regiment your life to focus on it. And then once you do it, that's when you actually can can see improvement. You think someone could do everything within a year? If you give them one year, write it, illustrate it, put it out. You think what's yeah. the minimum time? You think? Yeah, but they need they need you know uh, the focus. Well, they they need the focus, but they need some basic skills before, right. Before, right. you know but there's there's writers that are very good at writing and maybe they can draw decently and they could put together a very legible and professional work that's got a simple style like I don't know like peanuts uh, you know like right. you know like it's a simple style well actually that's kind of advanced it's okay. simple but it's advanced right but uh, so they can't do it within one year yeah it's, it's just a, a matter of yeah, that is focus, but you need some talent, and then that's why uh, Masterpiece Art School I also Yeah, I was just offer. about to ask you, so in September, you yeah. have a comic book drawing, writing class coming out? I have a book coming out. Okay. It'll be an online course, but it'll also be a downloadable and a physical book. It's called Fun and Easy Cartooning Techniques for Drawing Comics and Manga. I might take it. I used to draw. It's It's phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just uh, did a Spanish song. I don't speak Spanish. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very, very proud of it because uh, it's one. It's done in a way. It's hard to describe this on the radio, right? Okay. <laughs> but, Let's try uh, it. <laughs> but but if you can imagine, mm-hmm. uh, it's it, it's done in a way. Imagine. I've done a lot of radio shows, and I remember once like bringing props, like books. <laughs> it's like oh, well, like, this is a video component. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, so, radio people, if you don't yeah, uh, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's um, yeah. So I designed. Well, first of all, it's 15 years of teaching that I've uh, taken the curriculum from my Cartooning 1 and Cartooning 2 courses that I used to teach, uh, all the way from like ages like 6 to like 20s, adults, uh, and portfolio preps. So I've taken that and expanded it. I spent a year expanding it into just over 100 pages, and it's like each page is meant like to... To be pinnable, so it's like mm-hmm. dense with information, but very, very easy to comprehend, 
and uh, and like really beautiful to look at like easy to, to, to look at and fun exercises so there's exercises sprinkled in and each one you could like pin because it could have uh, a lot of like condensed information that you could just glance at uh, whether it's like a digital desktop or like a traditional uh, desktop for drawing. Right. So I just want to, I know we're over time, but I really did want you to talk a little bit, even just the 30 seconds sure. about your own. Now this one, someone else wrote it, but the yeah. follow-up. Yeah. See, I was paying attention before. The yeah, end. you are. You were good. <laughs> the follow-up. You wrote and you yeah. illustrated and it's Big Boss. Now, yeah. what's what's the premise? What's the hook on this? Oh, okay. So, uh, by the way, there is a, a short live action film on Vimeo that I produced oh, based on see. the first one. It's called uh, Big Boss, uh, the pilot or Night Out. There's two uh, edits of it. Anyway, so uh, the the pitch, the logline is right. uh, he's an aging uh, assassin. And uh, he finds out he's got a daughter that he never knew about. Okay. And turns out, uh, with his mom, he hit it and quit it years ago. And now the daughter and her lover track him down to enact revenge, while he yeah while he tries to finish like this big, high-profile job. So I'm not having kids. Yeah. So they lure him into this very emotional mm-hmm. and deadly showdown, and that's the first miniseries. Uh, big Boss Gun for Hire. But what's most interesting about the follow-up to it, which I um, illustrated and, and wrote, is that it was done exclusively on Instagram, okay. at Big Boss Comic. It's still up there. And What was exclusively on Instagram? The so I published one panel okay. each day, five days a week, for over 13 months. Okay. And now we got an 80-page graphic novel. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And the graphic novel is like like laid out in an interesting way, but it's all square panels. So it was an exercise in storyboarding in a lot of ways with the square format. Now, when it comes to <laughs> it's when very it comes innovative. to the narration of the live action, are you what type of dialect are, are we going with Italians? Hey, hey, the big boss, are you going to go What training? makes you think he's Italian? I don't because you think of big boss, I think mafia, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's, That's I the mean, thing. Stereotype, but you can go Chinese. You know, the Chinese are taking over my neighborhood. I love the Chinese. Thank yeah. you. I love the neighbors. I make great neighbors. Maybe you'd have a Chinese accent for the big boss. I don't know. It's a good point. You know, it's something Russian. that I struggled with with the name. So I, I okay. try to... Is, it, it, well, Bruce Lee was like in a big boss movie. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's his nickname because Big Boss is like a metaphor for the freelancer that's like actually a lone wolf, but he's got to be the best, most disciplined person right. as an individual. And that's where the name Big Boss comes from. Mm. It's, it's anybody that's like a freelance independent person, mm-hmm. a gun for hire, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. is their own boss. Yeah. And then if you do it to such a high level you are truly the big boss of that field. And that's what the assassin big boss represents. And if you're going to be a freelance artist or like me, uh, kind of running your own show, then you have to be disciplined. You have to put yeah. in the time. You got to eat right, take care of yourself. Yeah. And you can't just half, half butt it. And we're going to say the ASF because that, that's not good for yeah, the FCC. Yeah. So closing <laughs> out, your final thought, anything you'd like the public to know about you and where can we find you? Well, um, I'm a great guy. I like everybody to know that. 
Um, it's, it's subjective, but uh, I try really to be a good person. Um, you know, I encourage people to, to sign up to MasterpieceArtSchool.com. I have uh, my currently, uh, my freelancing course is uh, beta, so it's free. So all the material that I'm still adding to is currently free. And I've got other courses in technical, like drawing. And, mm-hmm. you know, the cartooning uh, course is coming up. Uh, through the summer I'm going to upload videos and um, what else I'm on social media on Instagram masterpieceartschool.com uh, masterpieceartschool on Instagram and uh, and Big Boss Comic is still on Instagram and you can read it free online there thank you very much for listening to We Came From The Radio not to be confused with Masterpiece Theater and now <laughs> back to you Mark hey guys this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy I want you to know that I'm here for you I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hi everyone, this is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th century, and you are listening to It Came From Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.